Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, and Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. Um, so we got Joe Sway, we got Bobby. Sherrod not available tonight. He's recording one of his podcasts, so we're going to hang with you guys and chat for a little bit. Uh, as always, uh, request to speak. Uh, and then when we put you on stage, just hang out on mute for a little bit and, um, and we will get to you. I swear, um, Celtics off season officially begins. Uh, so there's a lot to talk about a lot of stuff we've already talked about, but I am curious if anybody has any like new opinions on what they should do. I feel like the Beal stuff's been all over the map. Uh, we've definitely cooled a little bit on Lillard. Um, or the Lillard stuff is cool, so I don't know if that's legit. Um, so I want to see where people's heads are at. So again, uh, line up the speaker request. I'm not seeing them now. So if you guys has anybody requested to speak yet? Because sometimes um, it takes a little while for those to load. Let's see here. Oh, we got one. I got Bobby's in here. Hey, Bobby, you got me? Yep. I'm hey, uh, we're lining up our requests, which is good that we saw them. Uh, talking Celtics offseason. And uh, also want to let everybody know who was, if you joined us on the YouTube show, um, J.L. Coven um, and Amit, you can put some of those links in the chat throughout the show. Um, great comedian, the best Trump impersonator alive, um, doing a stand-up bit in Boston at the City Winery. Um, on Monday, we're all going to be there. Uh, there's still a few tickets available, mostly sold out, but there's definitely a few. It's an awesome spot. He's wildly funny. And uh, all of us knuckleheads are going to be there, so you can come hang out with us as well if you want to. Definitely check that out. Um, and yes, there, Amit just put it in the chat, so go check that out. Um, or I just asked a question, so I'm going to ask, who does Tremont Waters think he is? That's a great freaking question. Tremont Waters following Nikhil Harry's lead and talking about wanting a bigger role when he hasn't done shit um, as a professional, maybe even more so because Tremont isn't even – Nikhil's at least a first-round pick, so he might have some reason to puff out his chest. I don't know what Tremont Waters is talking about, but he's about to get yammed, uh, that's for sure. Um, that is true. Yeah, he's about to get yammed anyway. Um, Bobby, what are you doing? You're making some haddock? No, I'm here. Okay, cool. So, Bobby, what's on your mind right now as we wait for people to kind of uh, jump in here on the, on the request side? We wait for Josue to join us. Yeah, I mean, Waters is probably gone. Um, I think that was kind of a weird rollout to that news because, like, that's probably something everyone would have thought was happening anyway. But once it finally got, like, put on the record that, like, oh, and Waters is looking for something else, like, it's like Waters is demanding a trade. But he's on a two-way deal. He's making like seventy thousand a year. He should be looking for a different spot. Um, he should be just thrilled to be employed, not looking for a different spot. <laughs> if the Celtics will continue to employ you, you say thank you. 
If they won't, then you fight like hell to make another opportunity, but you don't go ask for another opportunity because you've done nothing to even earn the one that you currently have. So it is a little audacious, I think, to be, you know, saying when you say you need a new opportunity, you're suggesting that you haven't been given your rightful shot here. Has Tremont Waters done anything that leads you to believe that he should have played more here? No, definitely not here. No. Yeah, so uh, so I don't think so. Uh, once again, guys, uh, jump in with your speaker requests um, if you want to join the conversation. <laughs> Celtics offseason. Waters. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Celtics offseason. Uh, again, I don't even know. Go ahead, really, Bobby. Like, was he good or bad for a two way play? I know there's been some, like that guy out in L.A. What was his name? Uh, uh, the guy with the Mexican heritage there. I can't think of his name. No, Toscano. Toscano, that was like a Golden State, yeah. How, do you, yeah Golden how State. do you forget a man named Toscano? Yes, Juan <laughs> Toscano. Yeah, um, he, he was electric. But you know, there's been a few steals on two way deals, but for the most part, like you know, Waters is kind of what you expect. You get you get guy. what you you get what you pay for, right? And plus, it's, it's such a there's so many great point guards in the NBA. It's like, dude, do you really think like that was the the, the move right there? I mean. Kemba Walker's not there. Yeah, sure, the Celtics are probably going to go out and grab another point guard. But, like, if they brought you back on a two-way or if they bring you back in any capacity, like, that's a good thing, you know? And regardless of what happens, you're going to be able to showcase yourself in summer league. So why not put this on ice for a little bit until you know you have a sure thing out there? I, I don't know. I just thought it was really – it really surprised me that he well, would, here, here's he what would they get learned. out in front of all of this as if he's, like, you know, an everyday player. Yeah. What they what they should probably learn out of that experience is to swap guys out a little more rapidly. And I thought this about some of the – like – real roster spots too you know if you want to find a parker type bring him in that was a great move i thought to try to find a guy with a you know maybe some upside in this situation that wasn't present in other spots that's what you want to do with those two-way deals so waters is gone honestly taco should probably be gone too if we're being honest about it like how are you going to do that one jimmy's not even here to jimmy be fighting me on jimmy's not even here to defend taco I mean, haven't we seen what Taco is? Yeah, morning? you don't. I'm, you you want to see something new? You don't have to sell me on this. I'm, 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 I'm all done. I'm all set. <laughs> he just, John just wants you to. You just want to hear Jimmy's reaction. Yeah, I just wanted. I just want. I want Jimmy to defend it, but I'm all set. I think I, I mean, said that. Like I said Bob, before, Bobby, we made this pretty. I made this pretty clear last year. You've got. Obviously, Jalen, Jason, Marcus, um, you know, Rob, uh, at this point, Al. Then it's Pritchard, Neesmith, Romeo. Uh, and I don't give a crap if everybody else retired. Um, you know, there's nobody else we're like, oh, we definitely need this guy back. And obviously, that includes Tristan. we got to figure out what's going on with that, too. That's something we haven't really talked about. He has to go. We just don't know how that's going to happen. Um, but, I, you know, I'll take – I'll take – what's funny is – I want Grant on the team. I just want Grant to be your 10th player. Um, I just don't want Grant playing 19, 20 minutes a game. I want him playing, I want him playing Kaminsky minutes, you know, <laughs> nine and 10 minutes a game. That's it. Uh, but otherwise, I think he could be, I, he could be useful. Um, but that's it. That, you know, semi taco. I don't think those guys, those guys are not NBA players. 
Yeah, roster spots are valuable. You know, either finding new guys and giving guys new opportunities or, you know, having some flexibility with those spots. Find your Jeff Teagues, but make them work for you. You know, make them Bobby Portis's, you know, like whatever it is. Like, again, you can you can fill some holes there with some veterans and have it work. It just didn't work for the Celtics last year. Um, Get some real NBA players in here. You know, like it's, you know... if you don't have people who have, you know, bench stash players, like what are you wait? What are you waiting for Taco to evolve into? Nothing. So he's useless. You know, like he's not going to be useful for you ever. Um, you've seen Boban, you've, Bogdanovich. You've seen enough of what Shemi is. He's not useful. He's not going to be. He's not going to be any more than that. He also can't be the inevitable. <laughs> like, honest, or the, no, he can't be the never-ending two-way guy. You only get three years with a guy on a two-way contract, so. Even if you did bring him back this year on a two-way deal, it's uh, he'd be done after that year. And you know, there's probably not a roster spot for him, and there's probably not enough opportunity for those guys to break through. Like they, Taco's gotten his chance here or there. He really hasn't as much as Waters has. Like Waters has definitely gotten his chance to break through and hasn't been able to do it. Uh, so, you know, if Taco's back, it's not the end of the world to me. But I'd like to see some fresh bodies in here next year in training camp. And kind of – not a massive overhaul of this roster, but, you know, quite a few guys coming in next year who are undrafted, unproven guys or guys that didn't work in other spots who, you know, are kind of pushing for their chance in this league and, you know, aren't the comfortable semi-types who, you know, have had four or five years shots at this and just haven't been able to, you know, translate into anything other than what they've been at this point. I, thought um, I do need to bring semi back. Yeah, me too. I agree. Can I, um, I do want to, uh, ask people here. Has anybody requested to speak? And if so, just put it in the chat because, um, sometimes I don't see requests. And if so, I might have to, uh, log out and back in. So if you've requested to, if you've requested to speak and your hand is raised, just put it in the chat. Let me know. Um, and if not, jump on in whenever you guys are ready. Go ahead, Josue. No, I was just going to say, uh, I think that's what happens to me sometimes. I'm sending you my request. And it doesn't come through. Sometimes it's not coming through. Yeah, yeah. Continue your conversation, guys. I'm just going to kind of fiddle around here and see if I can if I can get. This. I mean, last to, se- last off season, you were ready to just sell off on Shemi. I mean, I, I don't know. I just feel like he's one of those guys. Before the season started, you're like, yeah, let's see what happens. And now, going into the this upcoming season, I can see why if you want to cut ties, I guess. Well, you had a guy in O'Shea Brissett, a Syracuse guy, who was cast off by Toronto, uh, a wing, size, stuff, you know, semi-brought to the table but didn't actualize on. And ultimately, Indiana picks that guy up. They get a little thin at the wing like the Celtics were early in the season, and they gave him a shot. And he charged them into that playing game and got them a win in one of those playing games. You know, he was dropping 20, 30 points every game at the end of the year, which is something Semi's never done. Uh, so, like, you gotta. This is this was Ainge's big mistake as GM, and this is where you'd actually like to see Brad diverge a little bit. You take some swings on guys, you miss sometimes. You don't marry them for four or five years and just keep hoping and hoping and hoping that they break through. Guys blow in and out of this league like nothing. So, if a Semi doesn't work or he starts to regress, if Grant starts heading in that direction. You know, you can even argue at this point that Grant has kind of missed his shot here if they get some better options. So, like, I am all for, and I think Sherrod has said this too, 
completely overhauling this bench. And you know what? I'll give Langford that next shot too because all the things John has said and others that like he really hasn't gotten a full run here to season. But if you give another year to him and he's just nothing again, like all of a sudden you've probably missed some other opportunities to pick up some undrafted young guys with some upside. Like these, like you know, yeah. But Bobby, you always have those opportunities. Bobby, you always this thing is you always have those opportunities. You lose. We dropped the bottom. No, you lose nothing. You lose nothing in giving him the shot. You have to do it. It's it's a return on investment. You're getting zero return on investment if you don't at least see what you've got. Because again, we've been over this. Trade value is zero. So if you sell them off now, it's pennies on the dollar. I agree the with that. The, the only thing you have to do right now is you have to see if they have something. And if they don't, that happens. Like it's okay to miss on for, on the on the 14th, 15th pick in the draft. Like half those guys don't pan out. It is what it is. You just got to see if you. Uh, we got Ore in the chat. Ore, jump on in, buddy. What's good, Ore? What's up, guys? What's happening? So good. Uh, nothing much. Uh, I listen to you guys on uh, on uh, the uh, on YouTube talking about the Lillard and Beal situation. Me personally, like I'm not, I'm not really a fan of either. Like I just don't see how any of those moves really makes the Celtics that much better. At best, you get marginally better, it, and that's a big maybe. Like, I just, I'm just not sold on. Agreed that Damian Lillard is like a top ten player in the league right now, but with him being 31, and you're gonna have to pay him 30 plus million for the next like four or five years probably. And Jalen is what like 24 years old, and clearly got to the level he's at way way quicker than anybody expected. And some of us probably never even expected him to even reach this level in the first place. And he's conti- going to continue to grow. Like, I just don't see it. And there was another thing you said, John, where it's like, it's good to have a big three when they all have different strengths. But, like, having three guys that almost have the same exact strength just isn't isn't yeah really gonna make you that much better yeah and that's the thing is like you know that's where i keep going around in it we've been all over the place admittedly and like i like to have a stance and kind of stick with it but i can't settle my mind on where i want to go with the lillard uh beal situation but the more i think about it that's kind of where i am or kind of where you are i don't know that it makes them better i think I think there are guys that do the same things. I think Lillard costs you Brown, and it doesn't make sense. I think Beal does not cost you Brown, but it costs you everything else. So you, those three have to do it all because you're not going to be able to really supplement them with anything around them. I don't know. I, I really – I just wish they were in a better situation roster-wise right now. You know, you wish you had a Bridges on your roster instead of a Neesmith. You'd feel so much better there, right? You know, like – you. Not stars, but just different players. And you right, feel better right. about riding it with Tatum and Brown. You just don't have that. So you're right, kind of right. stuck. You got, you got to play the guys you have, but you're not necessarily in love with them. But the chance of getting other players is small. So, like, right. you, you, you're, yeah. you're boxed you're, in a you're little in a bit. Spot. Right, you're boxed in a little bit, and you're still not sure if that's even a championship team. I mean, right. I would love to see Tatum and, and Lillard play 
alongside each one another. But does that get them past Brooklyn? Does that get them past Milwaukee? I mean, we don't know. Maybe, but when you're putting up, when you're taking that kind of a risk, it's got to be more of a sure thing. And I love Dame Lillard's game. You know, I, this trade a few years ago, man, <laughs> I probably would do it. But like you said, over 31, it's got a lot of miles on that, on that car. And that car relies on a lot of, you know, <laughs> a lot of weaving and cutting and driving and just the way he goes about scoring. It makes me think, That's, you know, how how, yeah. much, how many how many years does he have left that he can put it at this level, right? That he can play at this level before that that one injury, you know, put you put you in. And if you're the Celtics coming off of Kemba Walker, I mean, like, that's it, a <laughs> you could really embarrass yourself, right? <laughs> like, you could really embarrass yourself if two years down the road something like that happens, or even you know, one year into it, and and, and you you're thinking that you still need one piece, and then the big piece that you traded for goes down. Like, that's that's just not ideal. So. He- Here's the thing. The context of this is going to matter, obviously, because I think, you know, the thing that everyone put out there at first was, all right, can you just swap Lillard and Brown? Like, it'd be a straight swap. In that case, and I don't think that's what it would be, it's really hard to say no. Because really? Lillard's just so much better than Brown. Like, what, you mean you know, for Beal? talking about a guy who's – no, let's say it was just Brown for Lillard, straight up. Like, how could you say no to that? I mean, for the things I just said, <laughs> like, I, know. I don't know, man. It, but it is very Jaylen hard to say been. no to, Bobby. You're right. Because Jalen's on such like, a different time frame. But, yeah. At some point, you got to evaluate, like, how long are you going to have Brown? Um, you know, how good can Brown become? And the fit on the roster, obviously, too. And you have a I hole think... on the roster at point guard. And this is the best possible point guard that you could ever imagine acquiring. Um, so, in terms of fit... Like level and standing in the league, and you know, just in terms of like building the team out a little bit, because he's this isn't like a rental. He'd be here till twenty three, twenty four, so. Right. Um, it's so hard for me to say no to this little thing. And again, I am the biggest Brown guy. At, like Brown's my favorite Celtic, and I think his potential is immense. But at some point, you do have to say like, what's going to be the road to a championship here? And I think Lillard, Tatum, and the role pieces around them, you know, hopefully Smart would be able to be involved in that scenario too. That could realistically be a championship team. And this run it back thing is, like, I think run it back is the least likely of any scenario to get the Celtics to a championship eventually. It's the least likely to get them in the championship, but you're, 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 again, I I think we're just obsessed with quick fixes. You got... It yeah, might. Because look what look what's happened before. That's why but I know. Right. Yeah, we we're are obsessed because you, we're coming from the, the the Kyrie trade. Who the hell saw that coming? We're coming from seeing the Kemba Walker trade. Who saw that coming? Like, yeah, we're obsessed with it. You want to see? But wasn't the Kyrie trade the right? I know this is kind of divisive still. But wasn't the Kyrie trade the right idea? Of course it was. Of course Every, it was, Bobby. But the, no one saw that coming. No one. Saw you that do that a hundred out of a hundred times. A hundred right. out of a hundred times. Everybody right. does it, but it's less about that. It's more about when you have all of those assets, you could do big things. You can't do it anymore. There is no magic bullet. So the, you don't, and you can't just say, well, shit, Danny or Brad, do the things to make him a contender next year. It's not an option. What you can hope for is progress. So what you have is, and again, the best thing you have to get yourself better is a year of Jalen and Jason continuing to grow. Robert Williams taking a leap, 
you know, hopefully if you want to stay with this team, you probably need to re-sign Fournier. You need to make smart veteran adjustments and you need growth from the kids. You need Neesmith, Romeo and Pritchard to be competent rotation level NBA players. You can't have the talent drop off be from Jason Tatum to below replacement level guy on the second unit. Like that swing is too wild um, to, to sustain. You know, you can't have guys who are fringe NBA players playing significant minutes like they did last year with Grant and Semi. You can't have and it. I, and I would be more bought in on the Brown and Lillard swap if our end-of-the-bench players were much better. If those were guys like Macau Bridges, you know, P.J. Tucker, Jay Crowder, like, I would be more bought in. But like John said, like, that talent drop-off, like, if you were to make that swap, is so big that it's like that's not going to make you much better if you're going to have to go up against teams like the Bucks and the Nets when the talent gap is that big. So that's mainly why because I just feel like the the roster construction wouldn't be good if if you had to do that. Yeah, and so you have to see if those guys are good and you got to be smart and fill in the blanks with, you know, smart, savvy veteran pickups, you know, your your mid levels, your TPEs, you know, whatever loose change you've got in the couch, and you got to get the right guys that fit, you know, what you need. Um, uh, so I am a little, uh, uh, you know, it's it, it, they're gonna have to get creative. Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard, the last few years has been bordering on an MVP candidate. He has. I mean, this isn't a this isn't a chump coming in, and I know like the the things Joe Sway mentioned are real. That's the real risk you're talking about there. But in terms of just the talent gap between Brown and Lloyd, it's sizable there. Yeah, but Bob, you know, what you're looking at, not 36. what Ore was saying and what you what you kind of hint at is if Lillard declines 2 to 5% next year and Brown increases 2 to 5%, their gap is almost ne- is negligible. You know what I mean? It's it's not you're looking at right now but if Lillard, who now we're hearing has been battling kind of nagging injuries, this and that, and is 31, literally dips even a little bit and Brown improves, it, you're, 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 the, you're, you're in the same ballpark of player, okay? You're not going it, – it, it's, it's not a whole tier drop from one to the, to the next, as it might appear that it is today. So th- there's risk involved stuck there. With damaged goods. You know, Not damage goods as much as you're catching a guy on the back nine versus a guy who's still got room for improvement. Like I said, it's, it's going to happen eventually. In three years, you'll be like, shit, I wish we still had Jalen. And that's fine if it got you a title. One, I don't know that it gets you a title. Two, yeah. uh, it, to, two it's not far off from Jalen being an all-around equal to or more valuable player than Lillard. Like It's not unfathomable. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's not beyond the realm of possibility. It's not automatic, you know, that you're like, well, I obviously got the better player. Uh, You know, you don't know that for sure. So it's that's how I fell in certain spots. It's risky. Yeah, yeah, I feel that way about Beal, and I've always felt that way about Beal when we talked about Brown Beal swaps. Like Brown could easily be Beal. Um, but could Brown be Lillard? I, Lillard's I on a know. different planet, but again, Lillard and Tatum yeah. are so freaking similar in the sense of like their strength is in making ridiculously difficult contested shots. How many of those guys do you need? Like, it's good, it's cool, but like, 
it's it's a it just becomes a my ball your ball offense worse than it yeah was. and ultimately like again I don't have the specifics here because again I don't think Lowry's coming and you know Brogdon you have to like really see like an Indiana collapse come together for them to get involved in something like that but and you mentioned this during the show John if you can find like a really high level point guard to compliment Brown Tatum and like bring this thing together a little bit here. That's ultimately what you'd like to pour, like, you know, what Milwaukee just did, five first-round picks in their holiday, and, like, just solidify that. Um, but the, the those options aren't out there, and you already let this hard opportunity pass. I know you're still fine with that, but that could have solved a lot of issues last year. And now all of a sudden maybe a loaded opportunity comes, and you, you pass up on that too, and you're just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting for this thing to come together. It gets – you know, you have time here, but you don't have forever. And like you, you're seeing opportunities come where you really have that guy in Brown to, you know, find a all NBA guy, a you know, shooing all NBA guy playmaker who can maybe raise the ceiling of this team. And every opportunity you pass, like I still look at that Harden one, and I'm like, what could have been? Let me let me bring in uh, <laughs> No Cap, who was on Twitter with us earlier today, talking specifically about kind of that going all in thing. Um, and making the move for that that was you right no cap you tweeted about uh you know going yeah, big yeah, yeah. going big I thought being... you called me an idiot <laughs> no 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 i didn't you said idiot oh yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you you, you said you got to do something idiot and i just yeah right right you got you got to pay pretty much you got to pay to play pay to play yeah. and so like you know the holiday thing that bobby just mentioned no cap was on twitter earlier and tagged us all and threw that out there that like look they went for it uh what's yeah. funny is and again this is why i don't buy all in on, you know, them winning. I, I said it during the show, like they did, but Holiday had a couple of games where he was one for 11. You know, he had a couple of big games too, but a couple breaks go their way differently. People would be saying like, Jesus, they way overspent on Holiday. So I don't know that this definitively proves that it was the right move, but being bold, you know, is a thing that you do want to see off. people do, you know, and in this it case, paid it paid off. I, I always want my GMs to be bold or my coaches and and to have conviction. And if they were wrong, well, then you fire them because they they it's their job to be right. <laughs> but like, I, but that's, that's how it works. NBA, you yeah. want what you don't want is paralysis. You don't want people to just sit back and let shit happen and watch other people make the moves and then just shrug your shoulders and say, "Well, the deal wasn't there for us," or "Well, we tried." That shit of all the things with Danny, that's the one thing that's going to drive me more nuts than anything in the world. All of this, oh, we were so close. That shit makes me want to scream. Like, do it or don't. It does, <laughs> it the, so, yeah, it was the, always the excuse. The cost doesn't matter. It's not like if you want the thing, go fucking get it. Don't say, ah, just couldn't, I just couldn't get there. Just get there. If you want it, get it. And, and he, he didn't do it enough. Uh, I totally agree. Um, I was going to say uh, Bobby was talking about the whole uh, trading for uh, little, uh, Dane, but um, I wouldn't do it at his age. Uh, he's 31, and um, he, I think maybe he has maybe two or three good years left. But if you pair him and Tatum together, you're still not going to win a championship. You're not beating the Nets if they're healthy. Okay, and then, and then you might not get past the Bucks for real, for real. They do have a big three. All right, so um, the move, them moving, uh, moving on from Kemba, you could potentially sign Bill 
I mean, and you don't have to give up Jalen. I mean, that's really the best option. Brogdon is not the player everybody think he is. I watch a lot of Pacers games, and he's just not. And uh, I, I really feel like that's the best move is to try to get Bill. And I really do I, think that he wants to play with Tatum. I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. I think that's the move. I mean, and it doesn't cost you Brown. Have to do exactly. That's exactly. the best part of it. But also, they have to make sure that they, they got to you know, line their ducks in a row. I mean, obviously to make make the money work, but also the culture. Like, what's Bill walking into? I don't want this to be one of those where it's like, oh, you know, we're kind of doing this on the fly here, and we got to figure this out. Trade. No, no, no. He's got to walk into an already established culture. Too late. If he comes here, he's waving all contingencies. He's waving the inspection. And he just you're coming you know, in as but, is. But that's see, I think I think that's what that's what happens if you if you try to trade for him right now because of course it's what happened. You you would essentially trade away Jalen Brown, but getting him as a free agent, you have a year with Ime, you know, sort of instilling the way the way we're gonna do things here. You know, the, the new guy on the, the new guy on the block or whatever, and and, and now you're putting. Uh, be in a situation where it's like, look, man, this is it. You're, you're, this is your chance to compete now. You know, this isn't like, yeah, we got a little things to figure out here, but we're going to fit you right in. We're going to plug you right into this. this. This shouldn't take, it shouldn't take much. You know, it shouldn't be a, a long transition period. You know, I, I think that's going to be what's most important, you know, for, for if, if that happens, if and when that happens. Because hey, if that I, doesn't I happen, think... then, then we're, then we're back at wondering when they're going to be able to figure it out. You know, I, I just, it's a, it's an interesting spot that something's are in right now, but, Again, I, I can't say that enough about uh, instilling this culture and just well, getting everyone on the same spot. page. To, to be able to lose all they have and feasibly be the favorite next destination for Bo, we like, we kicked that around during the year and we're like, is Tatum enough to draw that? And now feels now like it do. really is. Um, so that's like that's great. It's not a bad thing that they're in the position to do this. I just think they're in an awkward stage where all of a sudden Bo almost becomes that Davis figure. Um, like in 2019 that you're just looking ahead at this thing and all of a sudden you have guys here that kind of need to be accounted for right now. You have a whole season ahead that you have to do something with here. And if you don't, like who knows what becomes of this situation if they have like another seven seed type year. So like how do you placate Smart with that extension? Um, like are you paying Fournier? Are you letting him go to clear space when it could be a huge detriment to this year's team. I, like, I think go, that's going to be a really tough thing to navigate for them. And then on top of that, like, you know, I know, I know John's not going to like Rob, Rob possibly be letting go through all of this. Like, what are you going to have left for these three guys at the end of this Romeo and Grant? Like, I just, I think that team's going to be the most thin super team we've ever seen. Maybe even more thin than the heat. Cause that was LeBron. Are guys coming to play with Tatum Brown and Beal? I don't know if you can count on the same mass. No, not it's not the same. In. It's not the same. Not the same. Bills your Dwayne Wade. There you go. It, it's not the same. No. Yeah. There's no question about it. Like it's different. You're not like they're they don't have that type of gravity. Um. So it would be it would be tough. Um, I actually would like to keep Smart and Rob around somehow. Um. And find a third piece a different way. But again, if Bills your only path to find that third piece. Guess you kind of have to go down that path because this this core isn't getting it done. Smart Tatum and Brown, I don't think could ever win a. Ch- I don't want to never say never, but I don't think that core could win a championship. I think the Beal thing, honestly, like I said a couple shows ago, is happening. Beals I just don't think know what it ha- is, and I and I don't and I don't and I don't know what happens. Or- 
I'd like to think. Patty Mills. Can... <laughs> you cross that bridge when you get there. I'm hoping you can sign Rob on the cheap and still make it work, not on the cheap, but on a decent deal. Um, and then I don't care about anything else. Because, like I said, you've got – You've got Pritchard, Romeo, and Neesmith on cheap contracts, um, and that's it. And then you just kind of nickel and dime your way to the rest of your roster. I'm fine with that. Losing Rob would hurt me. John, I think um, I think we know what the Celtics think about Rob. You know, like it's they would they like the fact that he's got potential here and everything, but is he a building block going forward? I think they have serious doubts about that. And then ultimately, when it gets to Smart, you're gonna flip out Beal for Smart. That's kind of obvious. So, like, I do kind of see the line of thinking here that, you know, you're willing to lose a Horford smart. And, like, think about, like, a trade. Would you trade smart Rob and Horford to Beal? That's kind of what they'd be going with there. Um, but, you know, you need your young guys to come through to have any level of depth at that point. So that's why, like, this bridge aspect this year is so important. And that's why it's – like, I vented to you about this the other day. Why is Grant not going to Summer League? Like, come on. Like, just because you're in your third year, you're too good Fourth, for Summer League yeah. at this point? Bro, babe. Oh, my he's God. That's he's got to meet up with his college buddies, Bobby. He's got he's to raise this summer, you know? He's got some catching up to do. Oh, if they, re- such if a they resign year. all of them, uh, if they resign all of them, will it eat up their cap, like, for them to sign Bill? If they resign Fournier, Rob, and It Smart, would be hard. You, yeah, uh, it's going to be really tight. Big time. Yeah. Especially Smart and Fournier. Well, you would need the Wizards to want one of them one or two of them back that's the risk when you sign them is when you go to make your trade the the other team has to want those pieces back but if you're signing them it's hard like that would mean washington would have to trade beal here for matching contracts but ones that you're stuck with for a decent amount of time i think fournier is easier to sign and move if it's larger money shorter term um so if it's a two-year and you wait a year on beal you could sign and trade theoretically Fournier because you the team knows he's getting they're getting him on an expiring um but if he signed a four-year deal that some other team's going to have to want that contract for for three years plus at whatever whatever the money is yeah and that's hard before it's probably not happening it's harder to do so it's a risk because anybody you sign long there's a school of thought that people will say sign them because they're assets if you don't sign them you lose the asset and you get nothing in return that makes sense but it is a gamble if your goal is to trade for someone. It's it makes sense if your goal is to who knows what's going to happen. But if you have a target in sight and you need that money free in a year, and the only way to do it is to get people to accept trades for these guys, that's a risk because if Washington's like no fucking way, then you've got a bit of a. I have another question too. So like, assuming Bill comes here. And it's the three of them. Like, who is gonna have to be the lesser version of themselves? Is it gonna have to be Beal or Brown? Because we know Tatum's gonna be the best player. So, like, who is gonna have to be the lesser version of themselves to actually make it work? Because that's kind of why I'm kind of skeptical. Brown. They're all gonna have to be big time on defense. That's for sure. I mean, I, I don't think Brown. any of them can be lacking on defense. But yeah. Well, Brown, yeah. In theory, Joe Sway, just because Beal's probably better than those two at this point. And Brown has right. the way to be in a – Brown has the capability. Like I said, Brown needs to be more, but, more butler in that scenario, yeah. which is to say yeah. which is to say, be the elite defender and be, you know, you know, just the more of an energy he guy. He needs to have a big bounce. We'll, we'll but you do you guys think he wants to be that guy, though? Do you think he wants to Not be that Not at this age. That's, that's another thing we yeah. talked about here. I still think Brown and T- – 
the problem with like creating a big three scenario for Brown and Tatum is they're still young and still don't get it. You know, well, like, the... can you blame them for feeling that way though? Like, especially with how, because we never even thought that Jalen Brown could ever get to this point, and he's improved his game that much to where it's like he's he had to be a lesser version of of himself when Gordon Haywood was here, when Marcus Morris was here. And then he has this year where he takes the sleep, and then he's going to have to be a lesser version of himself again for Bradley Beal. So it's like all these years he's had to take a backseat for other people, and now that he's finally gotten his chance to show what he's really about, he's going to have to do that again. So it's like could you even really blame him after all these years of having to be the guy that takes the back? That's why I need Tatum and Brown to have that damn conversation, man. I it's need them <laughs> yeah. to have mutual, not only, not just the whole, oh yeah, we have mutual respect for each other. No, I want them to have mutual understanding of one another because otherwise none of this crap. What, 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 what do they want? That's the thing. And again, we go over this on the, we've gone over right. this on, do you want? on our text thread a lot. Like re, real talk. Okay. What is J, what does Jason Tatum want? Would Jason Tatum have been happier you know, being the second leading scorer in the league, first team all NBA with the team finishing at 500 or averaging seven points per game less, not making the uh, any of the three uh, all NBA teams and the team reaching the conference finals. Which one would you be more satisfied with? I don't I, I I think I know what I think the answer is, but I don't know what you guys think the answer. I mean, the seven degree kind of has to be who he is at the same time, though, like. Could Tatum be a Butler last year? Like, I, what I'm saying is, it's a, the it's a mindset. It's not a skill set. We know his skill set and how he impacts the game mainly is scoring. What we're saying is, Giannis can score too. You know, like yes, he's 26 and Tatum's 22 or 23 or whatever the hell he is. Um, sure, he's got a, he's got years on him, and so naturally he's more mature. But Giannis has always been this way. It's more of a mindset of Winning, winning, winning. I got to do what it takes to win. Max effort, max effort. I don't know that Tatum has flipped that switch. I don't know where Brown is on it because we saw, like we said, his defense take a step backward. They might be too young and, and too early in the revolution to be part of a super team or a, th- or, or a, a dream right. team because they're not ready to give back uh, parts of themselves. They're still developing. They're still, like, becoming who they're going to become in the NBA. Um, so, like... It might just be too. So it's like you meet that perfect. I'm gonna do my girlfriend analogies, but you meet oh, that. Per- you, you meet that perfect girl, but you're 20 years old and in college, and you're still an idiot. You know, like if you met her eight years, <laughs> if if you met her and she's perfect, yeah, and so you true. would you would marry her, but you can't because you're a friggin' drunken idiot and you're not ready for it. You know, like I don't know if they're ready for it. Eight years I, from now, you marry like her. They, you know, like Dave Chappelle's got a funny joke. He says, "Man, you got to save that chick for later in your life." I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I don't think I right. I don't think it's that they're not ready. I think they're more of a victim of being how good they are at their age. I don't I I personally I disagree. I don't think it's that they're not ready. I just feel like they just haven't actually had a team built around them. Cuz like I feel like yeah. if they had better end of the bench players, like I feel like we could have we could have been a little bit better. I'm not excusing some of the performances. You sound like them, or That's what they think. I, like, I'm not excusing some of Tatum's performances this year. He certainly has to take blame for some of those games where he didn't show effort. 
But what I'm saying is, I don't think it's more about them. I feel like they just need kind of a better team. Like I like I like Fournier, Rob, Smart, but I feel like if they had two or three better, more talented end of the bench guys, I feel like that. Yes, those young guys. Right, I feel like it would be that would be a better recipe. Like I don't no, I'm think right, that I'm right there with ready. you. I, I was watching. Um, I just think they're a victim of being how good they are at their age. Yeah, I think they thought that they could solve it through their own individual greatness, which was that is a right good response. point. But no, but that's a, that's a good it, point it was, though. It was a reasonable they, response. Yeah, it yeah, was they, a re- reasonable response to seeing again, John. Like, if you really dive into the film last year. Like you can see Tatum like trying his ass off to like they're trying those passes around the like get it to Semi in the corner get it yeah. to Grant and it was just brick 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 and you see that all year long and it's like oh my lord why am I passing up the shot the basket and then you know it's... Tatum entered that mode at the end of the year where he was like I'm going inside every single time yeah, he started generating like ten free throw attempts a game. He was having those fifty, sixty point games. He kind of was doing what he could to force the issue. It's a fair point. They're damn, damn. They don't fully know exactly what it takes yet because all they know is I'm really good at basketball, so I'm going to do the things that I'm really good at, and if I do that really well, hopefully that leads to wins it's not like they're thinking like i'm getting my 30 tonight by no means that's not what i think at all it's just they they only know what they know they're still kind of early in their game jason tatum is a scorer he's trying to learn how to do other things on the fly um but you know we 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 gave them shit all year for not involving their teammates and then involving them too much. It was a tough situation. It's not, it is a tough, uh, it's a tough critique of those guys. It really just is more of a factor of when it gets down to it, if they bring in a third star, are they ready to evolve or to change their games in whatever way necessary to like, are they ready to, can they do what it takes to make their teammates better? Um, I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see. You saw Tatum try to do some of it. I see none of it from Jalen at all. Um, I don't think that's in his DNA. I don't think it's a selfish thing. I just don't think he's got uh, innate playmaking ability. I think Tatum has it more so, but they need better stuff around them. There's no question about it. Yeah, last year was rough. And, you know, the the caveat to that is that, once they got that Fournier piece, it still was kind of shaky, um, especially once you got into that playoff series against Brooklyn. But by that point, I think the wheels were just kind of off the ship. Like the the seeds that were set by them rolling that team out that they did in December, uh, and the struggles that they went through after that, and then just where everybody's mind went. I don't think there was any escaping that for the rest of the year, even as things got a little more stable down the stretch. Honestly, and that's we... kind of why the coach lost the room to some degree. We still haven't gotten over double big, um, you know, and that, oh my that's, what Lord, they, that just that's what they started the season with. He's my God. Without, oh, that was, that's Brad like, had such a that was bad like 20 year. something game. Yeah. Brad had such a bad year. Um, we've, we've already hashed that out on this app, but man, last year was just such a mess. Like it's, it's almost impossible that they'll have a worse year next year, which is, I guess some of the positivity coming into it is that like there's there's no way it could go any worse. You're not dealing with the is, stuff. 
um, you're definitely going to add a player who can help at least. It is imagine. possible because you might be uh, – honestly, it's possible – here. the reason it's possible is this. You could go from – if you don't get big leaps from a lot of people – you could be without Fournier and Kemba next year with granted, you know, Kemba had his issues and wasn't playing back to backs, but he's still Kemba Walker and yeah, a but high Walker t- helps. Yeah, I know. But I mean, you're going, you could theoretically, you keep bleeding out high end NBA talent and it's really hard to make up for it. Again, this is where that talent gap comes in. You can't keep losing a Kemba Walker and being like, we'll be fine. It's, you know, for all of his flaws, there's nothing close to Kemba Walker on that bench. The drop-off is enormous. The drop-off from Fournier to the next guy right now is enormous. So that's how it can get worse, is if they are truly in a hold, don't spend past the tax, hold the line and wait for Beal next year, it could actually get worse next year. That's the scary part, if you don't oh, get no. development. Bad news. And that's another it, problem. Dude, actually... You, you... Go ahead, Bobby. You got breaking. I'm actually learning this. I'm learning this from the CLNS Instagram page. Evan Turner will not be coming back to the Celtics coaching staff next year. Yo, what Bobby, a shame. Do not, who cares? Do not get all excited. Like you. Don't do that again. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. You of course he's not. Like a bomb just dropped, like Woj bomb or something. Jeez. No. <laughs> all the assistants are gone, Bobby. I forgot yeah, Evan well, Turner. I... I forgot Evan Turner was alive. Like, why would you? <laughs> he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be that player on the bench who was gonna really like figure out the room. All right. I oh my god. Say, man, we apologize. That was something. All right, Bobby. Time out for you for a couple minutes. Uh, oh, who was talking? Was it Lore? Yeah, Lore. Yeah. And guys, a couple more calls after this. We're gonna wrap it. But yeah, uh, Ore, were you saying something? Yeah, so like, yeah, like, like you said, I mean, I agree with what you had to say, but I just disagreed with the fact, I I disagreed with the fact that when you said that you don't think they're re- I think they are ready. I just feel like they just need a better roster, you know, built around them. And like, I feel like Jalen, like he's always had to take a back seat, you know, to other people. So like, if he's not ready to do that, I can't blame him. Can you imagine, look, again, this is, we beat up on Tatum a little bit because the expectations are, I want him to be Kevin Durant. I don't want him to be a middle of, you know, a a third or fourth team all NBA type talent because they're not going to win unless he becomes a top 10 player. So, yes, expectations are hard. Can you imagine anything coming out of Tatum's mouth similar to what Giannis has been saying throughout the finals and throughout all of this stuff in terms of sacrifice, his teammates, leadership, humility, and all of these things, like just in terms of mindset, does Tatum have that mindset to be the alpha on a, on a, on a, on a, I think who said no, no cap. Yeah. Yeah. I said, no, no, I do not think he has that at all. I think, I think he does. I just feel like him, like him and like Giannis is probably one of the most humble Unreal, yeah, for sure. But like, I think Tatum has it. I just feel like he just—he's not outwardly expressive. And that could be it. Other people, like I think, like with the things he's like with the things I've seen him say, like I just feel like he thinks it, and he's gonna show it to you, like when he plays. But 
he's not gonna be that rah rah guy that's gonna outwardly express it to you and like get, uh, take every chance he gets to tell you that he's that guy. Like I feel like he's gonna think it, and maybe behind closed doors he's probably gonna say that to other people. But like he's not gonna like be that type of outward. He's not gonna say it out to everybody for like to be. He's not that type of guy. It's let's say it. It's more again. I know you know the defense is. He's asked about it. What's he supposed to do? But, you know, we've had a couple of times we've had interviews where he hasn't said the things you'd want to hear him say about, like, next year and the team and this and that. And, again, we're still talking about all NBA and the stats. And I know he's being asked there, but it's like, I don't give a shit. Let, let the media say you should have made all NBA. Don't whine about it yourself. Say things like, I don't give a crap about that. We were a 500 team. That's the only thing that matters. That's kind of what you want to hear your lead superstar saying. Not saying, look at my assist rate. It went up. I don't care, Jason. I don't care. I don't care, and I don't want you to say it. Even if you think it, and even if you're right. And he might be. Just say, dude, we were freaking 500. Why would anybody vote? If I'm the best player on this team, and this is the best we could do, I obviously didn't do my job. That's what you want to hear him say. And then let everybody else in the Celtics media and all the fans say, Wow, what a humble superstar. He totally did get robbed for all NBA. But don't talk about it yourself. That's all. Things right. like that. That that Those are things you want to see from a leader is talk and act like a leader. Portray yourself a little bit as much. You know, everyone here on the chat are saying Jalen's kind of got that it factor. Definitely. You want to see you want to see a little bit more from Tatum. I don't think it's just being demonstrative and being rah-rah. I think it's being sulky, flailing your arms all the time with the refs. And a lot of superstars do that. He's not the only one. A ton of people do it. But it's just, I, you just want to see him act more like the guy, you know, I don't know. I No, yeah, I, I, I think that's a that's a fair point. Like, and just last thing is, like, one thing I've learned about him is that he's going to give, like, the cliche, like, media answers. He's not going to give you, like, anything different or anything, like, deep. He's going to give you, like, the typical media answers that you expect to hear so like when he does like media interviews i don't really expect anything different than what he gives us in the in those post-game interviews because that's just that's just who he is but like i can understand why you would feel that way but but yeah it's a fair criticism uh i like this answer you had on uh team usa it's actually pretty good you know like you're right he's not a great quote but in terms of, like, them figuring it out, which I think matters because, you know, we saw a lot of the same issues on the Celtics that have been issues on the Team USA, you know, coincidentally or not. But, uh, you know, after they lost to Nigeria, he said moving, passing the one guy, letting him do his thing. We have a lot of great isolation players. Then this deal, we're going to have to play together and figure out what works best for certain guys out there and getting other guys easy shots instead of for ourselves. Then on Sunday, you know, he went out there and had a really good game, I thought, that was focused on facilitating. You know, it wasn't him bringing the ball up the floor, but he was using his leverage in the post and doing other things to get guys other shots. So, like, I think yeah, this is in the cool kids club over there. He's in the cool kids club over there. But, you know, he was playing with Kelvin. Like, you know, it's not Bradley Beal anymore. It's Kelvin Johnson, and he is just finding shot after shot for this guy, Keldon Johnson, and getting him, I think he had 16 points in that game. So, you know, if you got a Keldon Johnson in the corner instead of semi, it's a whole world of difference uh, last year. And, um, you know, you'd have more of a sustainable product. That that one hurt a lot of people that that guy went 29 in the Romeo And again, Grant to draft. clarify the Jason stuff, it's, it's less about, and again, everyone's all 
all aggrieved over this. Oh my God, they're saying bad things about Jason. That it's not that. Okay, it's after Tatum has one of those games, like Joe Sway's talked about this a million times, like he had against the Lakers in L.A. or like he had against Brooklyn this year when they went out, where he does everything, where he has a monster game and everyone's like, Jason Tatum doing everything they can to keep them in the game. The question is, is he satisfied with that or is he pissed off? And the feeling we've gotten in the locker room and just based off of, you know, just how it's looked after the game is, Tatum is happy on the result because of his performance here and not killing himself over the loss. Um, and that's happened a couple of times where it's like, well, I did everything. He has a little bit of the, I did everything I could do mentality rather than the, I guess I got to find a way to do more um, mentality. That's, 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 that's something we've talked about a bit. He's more happy trending on Twitter than anything. That's kind of the vibe. And again, I know people are like, oh my God, it's Tatum. Guys, he's only 23. Don't be mean. But that's the vibe I get. I would get this vibe if I weren't a guy covering the Celtics or a person who grew up as a Celtics fan. If I lived in another city and I looked at Tatum, that's what I would think of him. That that's his, that's what he's interested in. But when they play in Boston, it's not cool to say that about them because it's like, he's a Celtic. But that's the vibe he gives off of that type of NBA player. Those guys exist. It's possible that the Celtics have one. Tatum might be that guy. I don't know. But that's the, if right now, if you were trying to make a determination, which type of player is he? Is he that guy or is he the guy? Is he the butler or the Giannis or the whatever? I think he's more that guy. And and, and just that whole Kyrie situation, him uh, stomping uh, Lucky and all that, and just how Tatum handled that afterwards. Like like a guy like Devin Booker, I, I truly believe that if Kyrie had did that um, in the Suns arena or in their logo, I do believe Devin Booker would have had something to say about it. He's just he's just a way different player. Giannis is too. Um, That's a great uh, point. That's a great point, man. It's a pride thing, right? It's a pride thing. Like he, like Devin I, I Booker is always repping Suns. Like he's always been like, no, this is my team. Yeah. This is my, you know, like it's a pride thing. Again, sure. I have to. I have to jump in here because I know there's people in the chat saying this about Boston media being tough. Boston media is the biggest bunch of friggin' pussycats you'll ever see. There is no more supportive bubble than the Celtics beat and the coverage that these guys get right now. They are absolute people make every excuse for them. They are coddled. They are, and, and they're treated as if they are above reproach. This notion right. that Celtics that meet Boston media is negative well, John, people, is people think about the freaking ludicrous. 99.9% of the ink spilled talking about these guys is gushing over them. Everybody just grow up a little bit. It's okay to be critical. It's not looking for excuse. It's not trying to trash people. It just is like, it's not, this is not a negative environment for them to be in. Boston is not a negative place, like any more so than any other place. And the reason it's negative is because people care. You want to go somewhere where people don't care, that's fine. The fans come down to the stands halfway through the second quarter and they don't return until <laughs> midway through the third. Go fucking play there. And you're not, not going to have people yelling on the radio. It's, but it does. But that's the point because the expectations are high. So if you're... Yeah. If you're a superstar in this town, the expectations are doubly high. Like, I know some people were born fucking 10 years ago, but, like, Ted Williams literally almost got run out of this town. Like, this is how it works when you care. 
you, you're, you, people are critical of it. People demand more of you. That's part of the passion. That's part of the, that's part of what makes it good, not what makes it bad. So I don't think you're looking at it the right way. Honestly, I really don't think you are. I will it's say okay, this. It's okay to ask more and to demand more. And when they get, when they get there, imagine when Tatum gets there, everyone can say, ah, what, I mean, did a player not evolve? Like, again, are people blind? Paul Pierce was a score, give me the ball, get me my stats guy. Then he went down as one of the greatest Celtics ever. Why? Because he changed. He changed. He got players around him. He changed his style. And then what happened? We celebrated him for changing. But if you'd said early in his career that he was selfish and was just a stat guy and needs to change, everyone would say, how can you say that about him? That's when Tatum does. In, in three, four years, when Tatum does evolve and we, and we celebrate his evolution, that means that the people who were saying he needed to evolve three years ago were right. That's how it works. It's okay to criticize. It's okay to point out things that people need to do better. I don't understand people getting all upset about that. I've never understood it. It's not, I said, is the Celtics beat literally props these guys up on a pedestal and just, you know, makes it easy for them. They're not, this is not a tough place. The questions they face on a daily basis are not difficult. The scrutiny they get isn't bad. Celtics Twitter is a happy, fun place for the most part. It's like overly supportive. I don't understand it. I really don't. Anyway, rant over. Uh, Megan, what's going on? <laughs> that was good. That was good yeah. stuff. That was good. No, I remember what to say. I was also saying to touch real quick before my question. I, yeah, I don't really sense, well, especially last season, much Celtics pride from this team. Like, not too many guys have Celtics pride, I believe. Or pride, prideful to be on the Celtics. Like, they all talk about it in the media, right? Like how, you know, they see the banners and stuff. But it doesn't doesn't show on the court, or it doesn't show, like you said, instances after the game like that. Um, now my question is: Now it's the off season, and I came in late. I had a late flight, so sorry about that. Um, that now the off season's coming up, so if you had this question, uh, excuse me, but you we're gonna hear with um, we already heard trade rumors with um, Murray from the Spurs, Collis Sexton, and Chris Paul. Now I know that's probably unrealistic. I feel like that would be a perfect fit, but probably unrealistic. Um, would you now? Would you entertain any point guard available, or any point guard that would become available um, this overseason, off season, over Bradley Beal? Because to me, like, if we get Bradley Beal, like you guys know, I'm not a fan of this. I feel like we would just be a poor man's Nets, basically. I don't think we'd be better than them. I think we'd just be a poor version of them. We will have no debt because we had to, you know, free up our space to sign Beal. We will have, um, we'll probably lose Marcus Smart, so we'll probably have poor perimeter defense. And it will just be three stars. Um, whereas if we go after, I'm a fan of Murray, I know we won't probably have the best backcourt scoring, but we will have the best backcourt defense, which will probably pay off playing a team like the Nets. What do you guys think? I think poor man's Nets is a terrific comparison for what they would be if they got Beal. Yeah, the Nets had a lot of doubt. But that's a, that's a really good analogy. That's, that's I, I think that that... That's kind of the dilemma. And that's you look Blake at those Griffin. three and you're like, I mean. Do you want that, though? I mean, he was pretty good by the end. Do you want to be I a mean, poor version of a team that you have to I don't know. With? I don't think you do. Um, no, you don't. But here's the thing. You need a sliding door scenario. You need to see yeah. what would – you really need to put the team side by side and say, what would the team be with – you don't know. That's the thing. It's a leap of faith. If – 
if you think the players develop around, this is why, again, not doing Beal until the end of next offseason when he can force his way out um, makes the most sense or late in the year where you're not paying a premium if he basically says it's Boston or nothing, if he doesn't Anthony Davis and says, that's where I'm going, make it work. Okay, that, then, then you can start to figure it out. But you're in the best scenario, I think, possible right now, which is to let it ride and see what you have. If you ride the season out and Romeo and Neesmith and Pritchard and Tatum and Brown take another leap and you're in contention without Beal, then you say, fuck it, no. I'm just going to keep going because why yeah, would I give upgrade in, into the season? Why would I give you more know, assets up? I'm not doing that. I like this team. So you can actually do that. So I, I, that's why I want to see it. Yeah. You know, you, you've got this year, which is kind of a bridge year to see, do you have anything beyond Tatum and Brown? If they don't, they say, screw it. What do you guys want? Let's do it. Let's do the Beal thing. Cause it's better than the alternative. The problem is Megan, you don't know if it's better than the alternative. It might not be perfect, but it might be better than the alternative. But to me, we're losing assets either way, right? Whether we trade for him or we wait for him, because if we wait for him, we'll, you know, we're basically giving away smart. We're not giving away smart. We're letting smart go. Um, we're letting Evan Fournier go, and we're probably not extending Robert Williams. Um, whereas I feel like if we go another route, like I said, if you want to look at, we can't. We're not going to outscore, right? We're not going to outscore the Nets, um, even if we get Beal. Like their guys are just better shooters, but we can maybe slow them down. If we get a guy like Murray, who's under a much cheaper, con- will be under a much cheaper contract, we can probably keep two of those three guys I just mentioned, and you don't have to kick the can on a load, which I'm kind of worried about with, um, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. If we keep kicking the can down the road, will they want to stay here? And I don't think so. Um, I think, yeah, that we're good. We're always, you know, in the playoffs, but it seems like we're going backwards instead of forward. And I think we just saw the last season. Um, you know, what this team is kind of like. I don't trust Romeo to stay healthy. I don't trust Rob Williams to stay healthy. Um, I don't think that it's going to change this season. I will not hear Rob slander, <laughs> but you, everything else you everything else you said about that. But we got to consider. Yeah, Rob gets one more year. <laughs> of course, that's enough. Yeah. I know we could talk about it down a little bit, but like, um, we have to consider, like, I'm scared that. Brad Stevens is going to trade Robbins because of Rob's potential. By the same time, if he gets injured this season, they, I, I have I highly doubt they're probably going to resign him, um, especially if they want Beal. And on top of it, his trade value is going to go a lot down because that's like it's kind of well, the question if he can stay healthy will probably be injured. Yeah, but you're going to make the decision before the extension deadline is the day before the season, um, I believe. Right? Is that right? The day before the opener. Um, uh, that's yep. your la- that's your last starts before the season starts. So you have until October, whatever, um, mm-hmm. to make that call. And they then... usually don't. That won't be outside the norm for them. What? No. I in fact, I think if they do, we'll find out well before then. Um, I think they'll decide it soon in the off season. That Rob extension will happen in the first in the first Please. couple. It will suit once the league year begins. I, I believe. What would the Celtics offer be for him? That's, uh, that's a that's a tough call. Like I said, is you looked at Capella, you know, who had no way. I'm saying they I'm are ju- going to lowball him like crazy. I'm saying if you looked at Capella, who's per 36 minutes entering this po- this stage were similar to Rob's, but he was healthier. Obviously, had shown had had a body of work for longer. It's not a fair comp. I'm just saying <laughs> his was 14 four years ago. Okay, so. To think that Rob's would be any less than 
10 million a year. Well, yeah, from is, his perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think to think that it's less than 10 uh, is, would be nuts. I think it's 10 or 12. Um, I think that that's about right. Do you trade high for him though? Because I do not see that deal happening. I don't see him selling himself short and I don't see the Celtics uh, taking, especially Brad, but taking a flyer. You don't really have a choice. You're screwed with Rob. If you don't, the best you have to sign him to that sweetheart deal and say, okay, if he's broken or hurt, you live with it and it is what it is. Um, but if, if he gets hurt, I wasn't going to be able to trade him anyway. Um, and if he's really good, I'm screwed because now I've got to match a massive qualifying offer. So the only thing you can really do is, is try to get a team friendly deal now. It, it would, it, it, the, the rest is bad business. Okay. You could do like that's my opinion. Nine, it's bad business. If you could do like eight to ten million, you maybe do do it early because that's movable eventually if you need to, and it might not even get in the way if you could dump Horford eventually. <laughs> so something like that, I think, would be feasible and great for the Celtics, uh, especially in the situation you lay out there. But mm-hmm. like, if, you know, Rob. Rob's going to be asking for that. Yeah, right. The Capella price, which is too high, mm-hmm. that'd be more than Fournier probably. And, uh, you know, maybe even more than that. Who knows? Like, you know, he's got some numbers on his side, as you say, John, there, in terms of his importance to the team and his, you know, potential for growth there. And Rob Biggs Will- in the NBA are making big money now. Rob Williams, with his, if he doesn't, if he kept his averages and instead of playing 18 or 19, moved up to 27 minutes a game, if he came in next year at 13, 10, and 4, what do you think he's signing for? What do you think that offer – and is healthy all year? What do you think that offer sheet is for? You know, it's big money. You know, like, I think you have I, to do it. I see him betting himself. But here's the thing, too, we're also forgetting. He's coming off the bench, I, I believe. He's coming off the bench. And who knows how much um, the – I'm trying to think of the center they just brought in. I'm going to say Brown, last name Brown, the guy they just brought in um, in a trade Mo, with Al Horford. Mo yeah, Moses Brown. Yeah. So I see him also getting minutes. Um <laughs> So I think his his minute reduction is going to take a hit on top of it. So he is bringing back to the main question here: Would you entertain um, trading Robert Williams, who's probably you know the best uh, guy you have that you won't trade outside of Brown and Tatum, right? Um, to bring in one of those point guards for the season, like a Murray, would you entertain it? Ooh, I was just thinking about Murray, uh, John. Is he the kind of guy, like, so I think Celtics fans kind of have a delusional view in terms of, like, what it would cost to acquire him, uh, just because he's on a great contract. Yes. Um, the the Spurs could move him for probably a decent return. Yeah. Like, they're not taking Marcus Smart for him straight up and, like, you know, probably take a couple fans. There is no reason for them to trade him. Zero. Yeah, Zero. So saying, would you, His like, name, really he's the classic name offer? of, like, I don't understand his name coming up at all. He's the classic, like, I want that guy name. But if you look at it from the Spurs perspective, why in the f- would they get rid of him? Like, They're listening, I guess. I think they just want to shake up on their roster, it seems that like. That doesn't make sense, though. Why would you give away a young piece that's like that, 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 that has a, a low salary for anything other than 
Like, what, what are you doing that for? Like, I, what do you want to get in return? Somebody else who's young, an older guy? Like, I don't understand what you need. Some future mid-round picks that ha- don't have a chance to be as good as him? Like, it makes no sense to me. Like, what could, you, what could Boston possibly give you that puts them in a better position, well, puts, then- puts, puts that, the other franchise in a better yeah, he's well. They on a th- he's on three years deal, so I think he does get ahead of it. Cause I don't maybe they don't see themselves contending in three years, so maybe they're just trying to get you know the best value now. Um, what value could the Celtics maybe, offer though? That's what the thing is. Like, what oh, could yeah, you even you, give them? That's the thing. You have to. It would be Robert Williams. I mean, given that it's you know, Greg Popovich loves defensive guys, I would do Robert Williams. And I got a lot of flack on this for Twitter because they thought it was too much. Robert Williams. I throw Romeo Romeo in. You probably have to give up Peyton and maybe a first round because I f- I see a lot of competition for Murray. Well, again, I just don't know why they would give him up. I, it's, well, it seems like it's, they listen to um, they're listening for offers for him, and I believe uh, Derek White. It's just crazy, though. Like I, I just um, don't. They're in a they're in a middling position, so I think you mm-hmm. probably have to throw like a bunch of draft picks at them. But it have to be like pretty... I know I I talk... Yeah, I, I mean, I it. talked to one of their I talked to one of their fans recently who. Um, who was like, why aren't we doing what the Thunder are doing? Like eating bad contracts, taking on a million picks. We're stuck in the middle here. Um, so I don't know. Maybe if you offered three first round picks, would that get Murray out of there? I don't know. I would do it. But would you, I would have a question. Would you rather take Murray or Beal? Because I'm, like I said, I'm leaning towards Murray. Because like I said, you can slow down the Nets. You're not going to outscore him. So I'd rather take Murray, have the best defensive best court, than trying to outscore I do like to- Murray. Yeah, I would give you a couple, I would give a couple of firsts, like, Pick, take your pick of Romeo or Neesmith for Murray versus, you know, uh, trading the entire roster for Beal. Because look at it this way. It would be Murray and Fournier and Rob for whatever you give up, essentially, because it, not doing them would mean losing those. Not doing it might mean losing some of yeah. those guys. So like, I know. Couldn't you... Couldn't you do like the holiday package for him? Like you'd have to really like him and think like that's your third guy. So I think that's what people have to evaluate in terms of like wait because you're going to overpay for him, right? Yeah. Yes. There's no urgency for the Spurs to move him, so you have to make a very aggressive offer to get him in here. Uh, that's yeah. how it's going to. I be. think I don't think you're giving up Rob and blah blah blah, but I would throw a pick or two picks and whatever shitty non you know impact. You know, like I said, Neesmith, Romeo sort of guy. Sure. I, I mean, those, if you think you're getting a starting caliber player um, at, at a position of need, yeah, you, you'll give away a couple of late first round picks in the next couple of drafts, you know, for, for that. I, I think you would. Um, yeah, that's why you have to get rid of Rob, though, because I don't think that gets it. Because he's going to have a lot of competition for him. And I think Rob's your best, like I said, best side. I, I, I don't think you overpay because I think Rob has a potential to be a superstar. And, you know, so I, I mean, a, a star type player. So, But he, is he? But the thing is, is, will he be that for the Celtics? Because I'm just not sure with them bringing Al Horford in, bringing uh, Brown in, like, is he going to get the minutes? Can he stay healthy? Is he going to stay here? Like, again, I think Brad showed us with who he gave minutes to, um, we saw in the season that's who he favors versus not favors, and I just don't think Brad's a big fan of Robert Williams based off how he played them. Um, on top of that, again with him coming off the bench, it looks like I think I don't think he's gonna have this. I don't think I think we're gonna limit his capabilities. Basically, I don't think we're gonna. Yeah, I think you. I think you have to see Rob one more time before you. But like, what is the what are the Spurs trying risking. to do? What are the Spurs trying to do here? Why would they trade? Are they trading for future assets? Are they trading for like Marcus? 
Are they trading yeah. for Marcus Smart? No, I think they go younger. I think they go on future assets. I think they know they're probably not contending in the three years, so they just want to get they ahead of it. If they a big deal. Yeah, like kind of like the Thunder or the Pelicans, what they're doing. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, the up only Rob. thing is, if they were gonna do something like that, they would have already done it because they've been in the same place for like three years now. Maybe Popovich is the only guy standing in the way of that, just because they want to, yeah. you know, keep contending I'm, under him. I'm not giving up, Rob. Um, just not doing it. Uh, let's bring in Marcus. Marcus, Marcus, you there? Hi. Hey, what's going on? Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you? <laughs> uh, fine. Yes. We are going back lockdown again in Singapore, so. Uh... <laughs> I know we we uh, we wanted to get Singapore uh, involvement in the show. So how are you? <laughs> Welcome back. He wasn't, he wasn't expecting oh, this fine. at all. You threw him off. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I thought uh, no chance to talk already for today, so I was shocked that. <laughs> I got to speak. Uh, oh no no no! You I had through, you queued man. up, but yeah, you I'm glad. Through. I'm glad you got through. What do you, What do you got on your mind? Uh, basically, I'm more uh, I'm in agreement with you that we should just uh, stand back and then just look at how uh, how the young guys develop because I the chance for us to go all in is already passed uh, since I think. When we have Kyrie and we didn't trade uh, Rosier and all for to improve the squad mid-season, uh, right now is not the time for us to go all in. And then, uh, so my my thinking is we should save the cap for Bill to sign him as a free agent, and then maybe we can trade Brown then for another piece instead of keeping. Uh, on Bill Brown and Tatum together. Hello. Well, about them, you mean succeeding together? I like that. I never thought. Yeah. Hold on, I got some issues. My phone. Can anyone hear me? Yeah, yeah, yep. we got you, man. Yeah, yeah there's no sound, man. <laughs> so I thought. No one, some issue of mine. Um, yeah, that's why. Uh, so the other pieces that, inter- that oh, maybe hold on. I, I did want to say there that is an interesting proposal because in the, for the people who are worried, and we talked about this earlier, and Megan pointed it out that a team with these guys um, would be, you know, one you've got uh, you know redundancies because it's three similar players who you know kind of create their own shot and like to have the ball in their hand. But beyond that, you know, like being Nets light, that is one thing that hasn't been discussed is um, you bring in Beal to ensure that Tatum is happy, and then you look to flip Jalen for a player that better fits uh, and complements those two pieces. So now they become the core, and you go get I'm not saying get I'm not saying towns, but like towns, you know, like you know, like yeah, that know, was what I was thinking also. Yeah, exactly. Like that's just a name that's come up. I don't know that that's the right fit. And I don't want the chat to fill up with. I would never do Brown for towns. I'm not saying do that. I'm saying a a player in a different position or a player who impacts the game in a different way, who's of Jalen's caliber. Is that possible? Yeah, that 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 would be possible. And yeah. I don't think that's beyond the realm of possibility. No, not at all. Because if you know, if you're Jalen, like we talked about earlier, you're like, wait, wait a minute, I'm third fiddle now. 
how does he feel about that? You know, coming yeah. off an All Star so, appearance, it's, you know, yeah, that's that's interesting. And that's the thing is, if you have the three stars, then you know, then you can mold the team a little bit differently. Um, you know, and again, Br- Brown at his contract a year from now is a massively uh, valuable asset. You know, um, for for a lot of different teams. So, I mean, you could do a lot of different things there if that were your decision i again i wouldn't be stunned because if you're putting all your eggs in the tatum basket and you're like i got to keep him happy you know getting beal here locks tatum up for you know forever um theoretically because you bring beal in you sign him long term and then tatum re-ups to stay with beal so they're here you know and then you, you don't have to worry about that anymore um so that's possible i think that's possible yeah, I think I actually saw that too on CLNS. Um, that someone entertained, or one of our, one of the podcasts entertained the idea of who would be the next Celtics big three. Would it have Jalen? Would it include Jalen Brown, or would you maybe trade Jalen Brown? You get Tatum Beal, maybe you get Jalen Brown, or would you get Damian Lillard? Um, just because, like, when you say Carl Anthony Towns, I know that's not exactly what you meant. That's pin, pinpointing that, but I start thinking about what other bigs are there in the league that you would want to trade for that's available, that would probably be available. And I'm not no, sure. But I do think a point guard would make sense. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't do the big cause Rob's my big and I think he's fine. Um, I don't think you're going to get, I, I think you're fine. Okay. I've got, I've got a big and he's, and, and his name is Rob and he's, and we're fine. Why, are you, why are you trying to take Rob? Out of the picture? What you, so I don't want, I don't want cat cause I don't want people taking Rob's minutes away. So yes, a point guard makes sense. Would a big three of Lillard, Beal and Tatum be different than Brown? It, maybe. Yeah. Cause you're right. You have a point guard in that mix. Um, and you know, you can, you can bump Tatum down. You can keep Tatum at the three in that scenario. And you have that one, two, three combo. Um, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting, but yeah, who knows that that could potentially happen. Um, guys, uh, final thoughts here. We're going to wrap it up. We said we we're going to go, uh, you know, not go. We've gone well past an hour, so we're going to wrap it. Oh, I want to say one more thing real quick, John, go for it. Go for it. Um, <clears throat> I was going to say another thing. Um, everybody need to watch out for is, uh, Mark Spears, um, put out today that, uh, the Lakers are interested in, uh, with Westbrook and a sign and trade and Westbrook I is in a yeah. So if Westbrook ends up leaving Washington, this just makes the, the build thing even more realistic. And also you got to look at um, Spears also said, uh, or it could be uh, Chris Paul in a sign and trade. If Chris Paul leaves, maybe Devin Booker is available. Maybe he acts out from the Suns then. Yeah, I mean that it's would be to watch. a lot of dominoes to fall. But you're right. I mean, the team there a lot of movement could create a lot of scenarios we haven't even thought of yet. Um, so yeah, there's definitely you never know, right? Um, you never know where a lot of this stuff would go. Um, I was gonna wrap it, and then I saw Chris popped in the room. So Chris, I'll give you last crack at this. <laughs> What's going on, guys? What's happening? Uh, <laughs> seems like I popped in at the at the right moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? But why do I always come in at the worst time about Jalen Brown? Come on, guys! I thought we were past this. I thought I thought we already figured this out. Y'all trying to <laughs> ship him out, trying to get him out of here. He can't play. We need to flip him no. to somebody else. He's like, me, you guys let, still on that bullshit? Yeah. Let me catch, <laughs> let, let me catch you up, Chris. Let me give you the Cliff's Notes version. We said we spent time beating on beating on Jason Tatum a little bit. Um, 
you know, uh, and 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 not Jalen. Then most of the group had agreed. I don't think we're down with Lillard deal because we don't want to give up Brown. So he survived that conversation. <laughs> but but then our man Marcus from Singapore jumps in and he says, "Well, what if they trade for? Uh, what if they acquire Beal next offseason and then ship Brown?" And everyone said, "Hmm." That's not the worst idea in the world, so that's how we got there. But we're not trying to move Jalen. We're saying if, Tatum, if, if you had a team that was Beal, Tatum, and Brown, Beal, Tatum, and Brown, that's a lot of redundancies there. So it would make sense to move somebody for a, a, a position of need. Who that's, do, yeah. that's true, but we haven't seen it yet so you never know right we, i mean never, why are we being right. so pessimistic it's like what we're if it not, works? we're right. we're Tell opening them. we're we're <laughs> we are simply saying there's conversations to be had and possibilities to be explored that's all we're saying no, no one is trying to no one is trying to move you anyway what's what what else is on your mind chris cuz no i just um i just find it interesting just because like um Social media, the media, just everyone sometimes try to speak things into existence, right? Because um, words have power in a sense, well, I believe, right? Um, last year, um, everyone was trying to put Giannis on a different team. Like, oh, he's going to play here. He, he needs to be traded. He needs to ask out, da 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 And look what happened. Like, Everyone should eat crow for doing that. It's like the guy stayed, signed, re-signed, and look what happened. He won a championship. So I think we need to be just be a little careful and mindful that uh, sometimes you can be proven wrong. Like it's a perfect example of a guy who wanted to thug it out in Milwaukee and he got rewarded with a championship with our work. The yeah, so like we're trying to trade all these guys the when it's like, yo, he. What if he can win here? What if he stays and wins? Like, you never know. It's not. Like I said, I think, Chris, a lot of this is born from just kind of, you know, too many younger Celtics fans have lived through a couple of very quick, quick fix solutions um, that came about in the last, you know, if you're 20 something years old, you've seen the team, you've seen the team, you know, go, go through an extreme makeover twice in a very short period of time. And so you see something that you don't like like what we saw last year and everyone's like, fix it. So you're going to throw out every fucking ridiculous scenario known to man and just wonder whether that's going to magically make everything better. You know, I don't know that it necessarily does, but I think that's why everything is on the table now. Cause you're like, oh, God, I just don't want to see Semi and Grant anymore. So can we do something? <laughs> can, can we do something about Which is that? Fair. Which is completely fair. fair. That's all. Completely well, they fair. also already made big two drastic changes. You know, new coach, new GM. So you would stand to reason that something else fairly significant would follow. And it did with the Kemba trade. So, like, the big, big swings of. Well, can I want to touch on that real quick with the Giannis? Because Jalen Brown is actually one of my favorite players. So I wouldn't. I don't. I like I love the idea of rather keep, you know keeping him than you know trading him and let him go. But at the same time, like Giannis has been outspoken about wanting to win a championship and staying with Milwaukee, which I don't get the same vibe from our stars. Yeah, so no, but but you can't say that about Jason. Really, hmm, that's interesting. It's not cool to say that about Tatum, but you don't hear him talk about the organization, the, the this, the that, my teammates. There's not a lot of, like. If you didn't, if he didn't have a little green leprechaun in his, you know, whatever, you wouldn't know necessarily he was a Celtic. If you just followed him in the off season, 
You'd be like, oh, this guy plays basketball for a living. You have no idea he plays for the Celtics. You're talking uh, about Jason? I'm going to try to use one of your, your metaphors here. Kind yeah, of. yeah. He's just, uh, he, he's a little flirty, right? You know? like, <laughs> yeah. He's a Celtic, but he flirts. You know what I mean? But you guys are talking he's about Jason in, or Jason? Jason, Jason, Jason. Jason, Jason. Okay, okay. He's, you know, he, he's creeping in people's DMs, you know, he's friends with everybody. But to be know. fair about the Giannis. Yeah, he's, thing, the, like, he, how about this one, Josue? He's on LinkedIn and he works somewhere, but he's also put in his profile for recruiters that he's available, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. right? That like he's, he, he's, he's got in his profile that he's actively seeking employment. Right. You know, that, he's, that's, that's kind of the vibe that, I got. That, that classic line, like, oh, you just always gotta keep your options open, you know? You never know. <laughs> but to be fair, real quick with the Giannis thing, though, like he, the way he was brought up and, and how he came to America, like that's, like the Bucks is all he knows, like type of thing. So there's a, a sense of like loyalty to them because yeah, they, what, they gave him all that money. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like they didn't have, they, they gave him all that money when he wasn't really proven and stuff like that. Like he literally grew up with nothing. So it's kind of different with Jason Tatum with how he's always been good with Giannis. He just like picked this up and he got like a max deal, MVPs, all this stuff. Like it's, it's, I think it's like surreal to him in a sense where with Jason Tatum, like he expects to get, we talked that about that on our show a little bit. It's like the difference between growing up in AAU culture and like a dirt, yeah, exactly. a dirt poor immigrant in a foreign country where the country's not really welcoming you and you're worried about being deported and you're not even made a citizen until you're 19 and you have nothing. And for real, you know, like fuck, fuck basketball. Yeah. Like, you're right. You work. <laughs> you're literally. That. <laughs> right. Yeah, they, di- different mindset. Different. Yeah, right. Giannis had a quote where he said. I think it was at it was at the game five with LeBron on the sideline, and he was like, "When LeBron was at his first finals, I wasn't even playing basketball; like I was like on the street." And that's just like so crazy because I was like ten years right, ago. Right. So it's just yeah. like puts it in perspective. Right. So different, you know, the humble beginnings and all of that, and it's hard to compare to that. You know, most people are more like Tatum than they are like um, Brown, which is you know they didn't grow up with a lot either, but they grew up in a culture you know, or, uh, it, it, you know, where they were celebrated and put on a pedestal of very young age. Um, and so Tatum's Tatum's known he was destined for something bigger for a very long time. And a lot of a lot of NBA superstars are with the AAU culture. So it's a different different mentality when you're entering the, the league. Um, you know, th- these guys are all pals already. You know, like, I mean, half of these alliances are made, you know, through their AAU connections, you know, when they're, you know, teenagers. So um, it's not... Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely not unique to Tatum. And Giannis does have an amazing story, but even outside of Giannis, I mean, we hear guys all the time, you know, say they want to stay with their teams or like they want to win a championship with their team. Like Bill even committed, even though you know, we don't think that's going to last. Um, you know, Bill even said he would love to stay. You know, with Damian Lillard. You know what I mean? So you don't just, hear it a lot. You don't hear I, it a lot yeah, from Tatum. That's true. You don't. You don't hear. And but the thing is, we mentioned like maybe it's not in his character, but. I mean, he he reps Duke pretty hard though. Like, I know he played for Duke because <laughs> he like he comes <laughs> all the time. So it's there. It's just is it there with the Celtics? I think. I don't know. That's the whole thing. Is like when we're critical of like stuff Tatum says. It's not like it's the worst thing in the world. It's you just wish he said something different. Like you'd love. It, it's not wrong, but you'd love if he was like, "This is the only place I want to be." If you heard that once, you'd feel a little better, right? But nobody here knows, like, is he a flight risk? If you don't do something, if you don't trade Beal, is he gone? Like, you don't know. You don't know. You don't get that vibe. And, again, 
nothing is certain. I mean, Kyrie says, you know, you know, makes a fucking commercial about wanting to get his name in the his his number in the rafters, and then you know, two months later he's out the door. So you don't really know, but yeah, you'd like to get more vibes of like the. You know, that's why we always talk about Jalen and Jason and like, you know, it seems like stupid media narratives, but like, yeah, do they have to be best friends? No. Would it help? Definitely. Like if they were boys and inseparable and could never imagine playing a part, you know, like the Middleton Giannis vibes were very cool last night, right? You know, like um, this idea of doing it together and X, Y, and Z, like you'd love to think that like as important as it is to win for these guys, it's as important to win together. All of that stuff would make you feel better about them here. Um, but you don't know. You don't know if they're going to, if they have any loyalty to you, uh, which is, you know, again, so strange that people are so blindly loyal to them. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I get the sense Jalen wants to be here. I, I still don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's a, it's a good, it's a good point, Megan. You, you know, you, you, we don't know for sure. Um, Chris, what else you got? What else before we wrap it? Um, nothing, nothing really. Um, that was, that was a good point you made about Jason. I guess I have to pay a little bit more attention to that. Um, with his quotes yeah. and stuff. Well, he's, no, he's always done that. He does it a lot and he doesn't, he doesn't give a lot of love. Um, you know, you yes. don't see, you don't see a lot of like, that's my boy and like even stuff with his teammates, you know, like you just don't see tons of it. Um, really yeah, ever really it could be like the put really pressure on the organization I don't know like it could be uh, well, I it could be thought, a lot of things yeah I just saw a sign too because I think a guy named Matt just brought up in the chat it's because of his business and with having Danny Ainge at a GM and you know having his name in rumors early on in his career do you think that played a factor of him like you, you said it's a business standpoint maybe he is he's not trying to get tied in too much well, Jalen signed you know I mean he signed uh, um, you know Oh yeah, yes, sir. He we signed. I'm saying maybe is that why he doesn't like so too much? Because maybe he just looks at his business. I don't know. I you wonder how much like hearing your name coming up. Like Jalen is Chris just walked into it and he's like, God damn it, they're talking about trading Jalen again. You're right. It comes up a lot. I don't know if that bugs him, but from Tatum's perspective, I've just never gotten that vibe from him. Like he's got Laker written all over him, you know. Like and that's that's always been a fear. So I, you know, I do think people are like panicking a little bit thinking like you gotta you gotta get beal here and lock him down um because he's a flight risk you know so i don't know i don't know but i think ultimately people go to situations as much as they go to destinations so it's about keeping this has to be a viable place to play which is a path to victory it's where can i get paid where can i play with the people i want to play with and can i win and if you are still that place when it's time to make that decision he stays if you're not he goes um, you know, I don't think he goes just for a change of scenery. Like you're not leaving a good situation here just to go somewhere else because you want to play where it's sunny. Um, but I mean, shit, I don't know. Kawhi did it. He left a championship team. <laughs> so I, I don't know. You really don't know. Um, all right. We've been going a bit guys. So uh, one thing I wanted to say, and Ahmed, if you could put this in the chat again for whoever's left here and wasn't on our YouTube uh, show earlier, uh, we had comedian JL Coven on the show. And if people don't know him, um, He's uh, the best Trump impersonator in the world, but he's also just a phenomenal stand-up comic. And he is going to the um, – <clears throat> he's going to be at the City Winery in Boston on Monday night at 8 o'clock. Uh, and again, Ahmed, I'm not sure if you're still with us, but if you are, throw it in the chat. There's a place you can get tickets. Bang. There he is. Right there in the chat. 
you can get tickets um, and um, go see the comedy show again Monday, 8 o'clock. Um, maybe you think it's a perk. Uh, maybe not. But you can come there and tell us. Uh, you can meet Bobby, which I think is a big deal. Um, you can, and Nick will be there, too. I'll Nick. be there. Jo- Joe Sway, I, I believe. Uh, possibly Sherrod. Uh, yes. you, can- you, know, you know I'll be there, man. I love, I love coming. Yeah, come meet us and have a drink, or you can come tell us that we're, you know, dumb as will shit. And our takes are bad. I don't mind. <laughs> you know, maybe Max shows up. Yeah, I might have to. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to him about it. See if I can get Max on. Yeah, but you know, you can talk about the forty-five pick with Bobby, um, or you can talk about the nineteen eighty-one Celtics with Nick. <laughs> um, you know, uh, we'll see if Max is there. Max is always a good draw, um, so that would be great. Um, but, uh, oh, and Megan also put up today's YouTube show. Thank you, Megan. Um, in case anybody missed it and wants to see JL on the show again, he's incredibly freaking funny guy. Uh, also pretty knowledgeable basketball fan. He played ball at Williams. Um, and, uh, you know, he was on the show talking hoops with us as well. So go check out that show if you want. That's in the chat right now, but definitely come to the show. There's a few tickets left. Um, Mostly sold out, I believe, but there's a few tickets left. So, like I said, you want to see some good comedy, you want to hang out um, in a really cool spot uh, in Boston um, on Monday, and you want to meet some of the gang, come hang out with us. Uh, would be fun. So, um, thank you for that, guys. Any final thoughts before we close? I got nothing. You got nothing. Well, okay. We'll see. Pull up on Monday. Pull up on Monday. We'll see you yeah, Monday. Next Just- week. Next week should be fun programming notes, things will pick up. We've been spinning our wheels now for a month and a half because the conversation around the Celtics hasn't really changed tremendously. Um, obviously, you know, we've had the <laughs> major-ish news uh, things with uh, with Danny and with Brad and with uh, Kemba and then with Ime. So we've had a few things happen already, but um, things are really going to start to heat up. We've got the draft and uh, free agency begins, and you're going to have a really good idea about the direction of this organization. So, uh, we'll do something on draft night. Then the following week on Monday, 6 p.m. is free agency. We will be live leading up to free agency uh, and talk about uh, what everything that's going on. Uh, we may get some news immediately right out of the gate there on Fournier and other things. So we'll see about that. Um, so just you know, follow us on Twitter. Follow all of our individual handles here on Green Room as well. Um, we'll let you know. Follow Celtic Seal on us on Twitter. That'll alert you when we do go live. Uh, but look for us next week in and around draft time. And of course, if there's any major news, uh, we'll also be doing some stuff in and around the Olympics as those games get started. Uh, but don't expect us to be doing true post game shows when they're tipping off at like 3 a.m. and stuff. So, um, but we will be doing some stuff there. And so, we're in the summer league. And then summer league is going to be lit. Um, it is. It's going to be fun because we're going to see some. Uh, Hell yeah. Well, I mean, you want to see. I mean, you want to see. You want to see Romeo? You want to see Neesmith? You want to see everyone freaking out because they want to see Yam? Uh, Yam, sorry. Um, so it should be good. But, yeah, um, so, yeah, stay tuned for more programming notes. But uh, otherwise, go check out uh, the comedy show on Monday. I hope to see a bunch of you guys there. Uh, if not, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys back here on YouTube and Green Room uh, next week. Uh, good night, all. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.